have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. What? If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor. What difference at this point does it make? If you're looking to make sense out of what's going on in the world today, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Southern Sense Talk Radio with your host, Annie, the Radio Chickie Bellis, and featuring Curtis C.S. Bennett and the most interesting guests that you'll find anywhere on Internet radio. And you can join the show and let your voice be heard by dialing 917 889 3675. So sit back, relax, and remember Southern Sense is common sense. Welcome to another adventure here on Southern Sense, live on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, iHeart, Amazon Music, Apple Play, and my own webpage, which is the name of the show, Southern Sense. It's just Southern Sense, as in commonsense.net. I'm your hostess with the least mostest, Annie, the radio chickadee, along with my courageous and oh-so-creative co-host, Curtis C.S. Bennett. <laughs> Good afternoon, Curtis. Here we go again. Hey, I don't know if you've been following following the weather here, but it's pretty gloomy outside, especially in South Florida. It was so bad with the rain the other day. They had to um, cancel school because the the rise the level of the water was almost above some of the sides of the kindergartners out there. So I don't know. Oh, it looks like doom and gloom here in Florida. Pretty much like um, in D.C., you know, gloom and doom. But it <laughs> should get better. Well, we got ourselves some great guests lined up. Uh, our friend Mark Tapscott from the Epic Times, or Epoch Times, as he always corrects me, uh, oh, will yeah. be joining us. Um, I did not get a chance to run into him when I was in D.C. last week. He got called away on a special assignment that very morning, so he went in one direction, I went in the other. Uh, so hopefully another time, then another time I go up to D.C., we can connect. Uh, having back from the Heritage Foundation, E.G. Antoni, and he's going to be talking to us about one of my favorite subjects, electric vehicles, the EVs. Oh, boy, has, has the tide turned on them. Uh, so we're going to have a great, great show, great time to talk about a lot of things. I want to ask Mark about the, the near, the near uh, 
uh, what, what do you want to call it? Brawl that occurred uh, between uh, Mark Wayne Mullen and the union boss, uh, O'Brien. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah, who let's breaks take it, it up? to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> now they want yeah, to take it to the ring. Yeah, that's not the first time those two clash, I understand. They, they had their um, run-ins before. So maybe we could set up a Rocky 10 or something with those guys in the ring. But the most hysterical part is that who calmed the whole situation down? Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, like I said, we're going to have a lot to talk to Mark about. Um also, I don't know if anyone caught in the news. This came out uh, on Wednesday afternoon. New York Post ran with this story. Uh, these pro-Palestinian uh, rallies and protests are going on. There is now a published map of New York City with targets on it. Most of them are Jewish-owned, Jewish-influenced, uh, Jewish places of worship and of, uh, of charity. Uh, places like the New York Times, a lot of other media institutes are targeted for these quote unquote peaceful protests uh, on this map. And this is very, very scary, very scary. And there's a, a one map the New York Post is putting out. There's another one floating around out there that I found, very similar markings on it, but it also includes areas on Long Island, New York, and in New Jersey. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. So, folks, just be careful. I warn you out there. And I'm seeing my sound is probably very low. Can you hear me clearly? Oh, very well. Yep. Okay. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just turning it up that, here. So. Yeah. I gather that they should be shaking in their boots because uh, we know the FBI is going to come after them like uh, the January 6ers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not. Yeah, flies on honey. Not. Yeah. They'll get a pass. Yeah. Right. Oh, they managed to arrest eight of them that were outside the uh, DNC wow. headquarters. Uh, yeah, and there were a lot of the congressmen, congresspersons inside the Democratic National Headquarters in D.C. at the time of these protests uh, that were going on. Um, New NYPD is on high alert. Their terrorism uh, unit is on high alert. Uh, I'm telling you, folks, we have now entered a very scary time in our nation, one I never thought that we would be alive to see. And you know, it's reminiscent of prior to World War II, before we entered World War II going against the Nazis, there were Nazi rallies here in the United States rallying for Hitler, if people look at their history books. And this is highly reminiscent of what was going on prior to World War II, which then begs us to question, is history repeating itself as we arm ourselves or get ready to arm ourselves for a World War III? These are all things that we're going to be asking and talking about, and we need to have a national discussion on this. Now, this is frightening, very frightening. It is. And it's going to continue until we get the right guy back in the White House, bring some civility to this country and fear to our enemies. One who that guy is. Yeah. Uh, well, I pray that the American people do the right thing and do not return uh, Uncle Joe back to the White House. 
Um, he has gotten us into this situation, one I never thought that we would ever have the displeasure of seeing. But uh, we'll, we'll just have to pray that uh, we make the right decision come this next November. Anyway, um, those that listen to the show know that we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going to go out to Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio of the Ville Platte Marshal's Office in Louisiana. His end of watch was Monday, July 30th of this year. And this is from the policetribune.com, and it reads, Villa Platte Marshal's Office, the BPMO, Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio was murdered in the line of duty while attempting to serve a warrant. The Louisiana Police, the LSP, said the incident occurred in the 100 block of West Beauregard Street at approximately 8.30 p.m. on Monday, July 31st. Deputy Marshal Marshal Giglio was 65, had responded to the scene and was assisting the Evangeline Parish Sheriff's Office, the ETSO, with serving a warrant at a home when gunfire erupted, according to the Arcadia Advocate. The Villa Platte Mayor, Ryan DeLay Williams, said Deputy Marshal Giglio and a civilian were fatally shot during the incident. The Deputy Marshal was pronounced dead at the scene. A female civilian was rushed to the hospital with gunshot wounds and remained in critical condition into the Evangeline Parish Jail in the wake of the shooting. But one 18-year-old female suspect was later released without charges. The other suspect, 23-year-old Van Tico Lamar Anderson, has been charged with possession of a firearm in the presence of drug. I'm sorry, in the presence of drugs, and possession with intent to distribute Schedule I drugs, KATC reported. According to the LSP, the warrant officers were attempting to execute at the time of the shooting was tied to a drug investigation. Investigators said they recovered a gun and drugs during the search of the home and charged Anderson with those offenses, but that additional charges are forthcoming, KATC also reported. Additional details regarding what led up to the shooting or how it unfolded had not been released at the time of this report. The investigation remained ongoing. This tragedy is yet another reminder of the sacrifices men and women and law enforcement make each and every day when they put on the uniform and badge, not knowing if they'll come home to their families at the end of each day, Williams said, according to KLFY. Deputy Marshal Giglio's ultimate sacrifice in the service of his community will never be forgotten. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family of the Villa Platte Marshal's Office, Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio's both blue Blood and blue. Thank you for your service. Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio, your life mattered. And this is from WWLTV. A Villa Platte Deputy Marshal killed in the line of duty was laid to rest at Lake Lawn Cemetery. A procession of more than 25 different law enforcement agencies led him from his funeral service in Bell Chase to the cemetery. Bagpipes blared as Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio's body was carried out in a flag-draped casket, 
closely behind. Very distraught, said Gail LaRocca, Giglio's sister. He was married with children, and it's been a lot to handle, she said. A Vilplat deputy marshal killed in the line of duty had been laid to rest at the Lake Lawn Cemetery. Families, along with a group of elementary students, lined the streets to watch the procession. Officers and deputies from Jefferson Parish, New Orleans, Bill Platt, and beyond were on hand to honor the city marshal. Giglio was fatally shot on July 31st while helping members of the Evangeline Parish Sheriff's Office serve a search warrant in a home where drug activity was suspected. Every law enforcement job is dangerous, and this is no different, said Reggie Thomas of the Lafayette City Marshals. City Marshals work with every law enforcement agency, so that's why you see JP coming together. You're going to see police officer, and this is why everyone comes together as law enforcement brothers. LaRocca said Giglio was the definition of a good time, a man who loved cooking, fishing, and spending time with his family. It's overwhelming, said LaRocca. All the love and support. We were born in Gretna. He lived in the Platte Mines for 30 years. Villa Platte now after Katrina. Words can't describe. It's just beautiful. Barry was a native of Gretna, Louisiana, and a resident of Ville Platte, Louisiana. Barry was a graduate of West Jeff High School. He worked for Brown and Root for many years. After leaving Brown and Root, a jewelry, a florist, and a catering company in Burris, Louisiana. Following Hurricane Katrina, he relocated to Ville Platte, where he owned the Pig Stand Restaurant. In 2013, he joined the Evangeline Parish Sheriff's Department, where he worked for many years before he moved on to the Ville Platte City Marshals as a lieutenant. While in business and working as a police officer, he volunteered for charitable events and was recognized with many honors. He was known by many to be generous and kind. Barry was an avid outdoorsman, a great cook, and loved spending time with family and friends. He paid the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life serving his community. He will be deeply missed. By all. Today's show, dedicated to Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio, is also dedicated to all of the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. We also dedicate this show to the brave men and women that serve in our military forces from the birth of this wonderful nation through today and into our future. We dedicate to them this song by Tiffany soul of a nation. May God bless each and every one. Let it be
Uh, you can also go to wol.palestine, and that will take you to the webpage also that you can take a look at it. And uh, on the map, they marked key areas, landmarks, including the New York Post newsroom, Grand Central Station, and the Museum of Modern Art. And they call for direct action. This is, quote, direct action, unquote, to, quote, globalize intifada, unquote. And it's a term in Arabic returning, referring to a teetering backwards today, to a rebellion or uprising. Um, some of these posts have been deleted, uh, but targets also include the News Corp building, NBC News, New York Times, Chelsea Highline, and Meta offices. You know, Meta Facebook is Facebook, which is the uh, also the parent company of Instagram. Uh, the same platforms that these very pro-Palestinians were using to broadcast their call for infatada. Um they also were using coded calls for violence against Jews. And then you go on their website, and they do have uh, things that you should be shouting at the rally, uh, such as from the river to the sea. Uh, there's a whole mess of stuff in there. When you hear these chants, those chants are actually listed in English, Arabic, and other languages. So they're calling for a global, a global jihad is what they're doing. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm not I surprised. Mean, um, they, they're not going to be satisfied until everyone is um, kneeling towards the east. I mean, that's, well, that's, some of these places, well, they actually even give addresses. In Manhattan, the Americans for a Safe Israel, the Jewish <coughs> National Fund, mm-hmm. the Jewish Communal Fund, Friends of Ear David, Birthright Israel Foundation, the Israeli Consulate, Friends of Aerial University, Friends of the Israeli Defense Forces, Central Fund of Israel, Friends of the Adirak, uh, Conahan, I'm probably mispronouncing it, in Brooklyn, the Hebron Front, the Friends of Itamar, in Queens and Staten Island, uh, the Jewish Heritage Movement, on Long Island, One Israel Fund, uh, Friends of Zoe, New Jersey, I mean, it's not just New York. It's oh, not no. just New York City. And they're calling for this to be a global, a global, saying that these organizations are funding the colonization, tax-exempt Zionist charities funding settler organizations in Palestine. And one of the maps uh, was showing areas around Central Park, Areas around subway stations, uh, a Grand Army Plaza, areas around there. This is scary because if you look at the po- protest that we had just this past Wednesday in Washington, D.C., the Friends for Israel, that was peaceful. That was joyous. And that called for the, a peaceful resolution for Hamas to release the hostages. Uh, and instead, you see these pro-Palestinian where a man was killed in San Francisco when he was hit over the head and tossed to the sidewalk. The guy died from a, a, a broken skull. These aren't peaceful protests. They're not calling for something that is good here. Well, peace and, is not um, in their vernacular. It's not a part of their vernacular. 
like a lot of people are saying on the radio that are pro-Palestinian, you know, just just let Israel come to the table and work out things with Hamas and the Palestinians. Well, first of all, first of all, Hamas has made it their decree to um to destroy Israel. So how can you work with someone that's out to destroy you? You know, as far as the Palestinians there can be are concerned. No, no. But there cannot be um, no peace with Hamas. Oh, no, Hamas not at all. A, Hamas is an army. It is a jihadist army, plain and simple. It's evil. And if it, it's them coming after me, all right, come on, guys, because I'm going to be locked and loaded waiting for you. Yeah. But and it's, Hezbollah it's part of their constitution Hamas. to destroy Israel. Right. Hezbollah controls Hamas. Iran controls Hezbollah and Hamas. And these people that, that trained to invade Israel were trained by the Iranian guard. Iran trained them. They went to Tehran and trained there. So if you tell me Iran has nothing to do with this, then you're full of crap. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. It, it, and what we're hearing about what these hostages have gone through and they just recovered two women's bodies and the bodies that some of them they have recovered they are unable to identify because they were so badly desecrated and destroyed body parts amputated well what you see with the left um it's, it's always israel israel this israel don't kill civilians this and that and the other well, who started this mess to begin with? It was Hamas, and who did they kill? They didn't kill. They didn't go after soldiers or bases. They went after innocent civilians and slaughtered them, beheaded children, and things like that, raped and killed the women. And but you never hear about that on the left. You know, it's this 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 demon called Israel, who are occupiers and oppressors. And um, like I said, the Palestinians are being occupied by Israel. You know, so it's it's a false narrative that the left puts out there yeah. to gain, you know, support. And, and there's a lot of people willing to um, believe whatever they hear because they're not well informed. So that's the problem we have in our own political arena. People who are not well informed just going by what they hear on an emotional level. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, waiting for our friend Mark Tapscott to call in, but usually she ends up calling in late if he does manage to, uh, because he's handling an assignment because something something broke out there, and uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if it has anything to do with Mark Wayne Mark Wayne Mullen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we do have someone that raised her sweet little hand, so we have sweet Sue. Good afternoon, Sue. How are you today? It's been a while. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hi, Curtis. I think pretty good. Anyway, I want to get your take. One thing that's concerning me is all these attacks on our U.S. military bases in the Middle East and what we've done two things. And what do you think about Congress? We don't seem to be hearing anything about that. 
and there were 13, I believe, or you probably know how many soldiers that was killed, and they said it was a training exercise, but they were really killed as part of uh, this whole business going on. And I, I well, haven't been breathing and talking, so I'll go on mute. No, 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 no. I, I, I heard six were killed in a training accident. I didn't hear something about 13, uh, but that was a helicopter training accident that w- was going on. Um, I didn't hear about I, 13, I though, unless I missed something. I remember. Yeah, I could be wrong on the number, but it still bothers me because they don't get the recognition. And they were, weren't they over in Israel or something like that? What yeah, were they, they doing a training mission where they were at? They were over there, uh, and was, they were tra- training off the USS Ford, um, okay. our latest um, aircraft yeah. carrier. And from my understanding, all of them were special forces types, Green Berets that got killed. Right. Oh, I know. So I, I, I've got, I've got this up. It was actually five, and they were killed. They mm-hmm. died over the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, yeah. Okay. And let me see. Yeah, and they did identify them. As a matter of fact, I saw it on the news, uh, and they had the pictures up there um, from U.S. Special Ops. Yeah. And, and actually, let me, the second time, I think, in the last couple of months that one of these helicopters has gone down. And I'm wondering whether or not there may be a defect in it, because there was one that went down, I believe, over the Atlantic Ocean, right off our eastern seaboard recently. Let me say this much. Um, a lot of times, these special operation um, units will be on these um these um, ships, um, and those are just um, platforms for them to be inserted into a country or whatever, and something happens to them, Yeah. Um, they'll label it a training accident when, in reality, these guys were on a real mission. Um, I've seen mm. operations that I know that um, special ops were involved, and something went wrong or something. They'll say they were Marines, and they weren't. See, that's, that's- <laughs> The information I'm getting that isn't the mainstream news. I listen to a lot of podcasts and and uh, YouTube channels and stuff, but I haven't seen anything really verifying it. But that's what they're saying. But you know, I'm also concerned with groups that are sponsored by Iran. They are attacking our military bases all over the Middle East. I don't know, isn't it something like 40-something? I know my numbers are off. Attacks, and what have we done? Two attacks, and one was on an empty warehouse. You know, I'm getting really concerned for our troops. Yeah, yeah. Um, We don't seem to have any sort of response to these attacks. Uh, our, our troops are being attacked. You're not hearing any other counter offenses being made against these Hamas-led groups that are, are going after them. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe this air, this helicopter accident may have been one of our responses to one of these attacks. It's very interesting wow. to find out. Yeah, well, very some of it is not only just Hamas, it's Hezbollah also. I mean, they're attacking in Syria, Yemen, 
uh, mili- I didn't know he had that many military bases all over. But they're oh, attacking yeah. practically every country we have a military base. With the except, I don't know if we're in Egypt or some of those countries. But, yeah, they're, they're really attacking these bases. And sooner or later, we're going to see losses of our soldiers. And I, frankly, I that'll not, probably but, but be the time that happen. Biden. That'll be the time he responds because he just doesn't seem to take the initiative to get the you know a, a handle on these things. I mean, how many we left? A couple of thousand people over in Afghanistan when we withdrew, and um, yeah. he didn't do anything about that. Well, there's still people, I guess, in uh, isn't it Israel and maybe even Gaza, U.S. citizens trying to get out you know this is just it's amazing that we're this far into all of this and they still haven't gotten all the u.s citizens out you know um there was an interview up it was on newsmax uh that they had it was an american couple that they were helped out of the country by the israeli idf uh, and a couple of other Israeli people working on their behalf. Um, but the American embassy, when they called the American embassy asking for their address so they can get there, the embassy told them they couldn't give them the address. The American embassy did not help them get out. But when they got onto the plane to finally get out, I believe they got them into Greece or something like that. Forget where. I could be wrong. But when they left, there were Somalis that the American embassies had gotten out and put on the plane to take to America, but they wouldn't take American citizens. So why, why, for this couple, they could not get out? And they could not. They finally did get out with help, but not from the American embassies. Well, there's there's more people over there too. You know, DeSantis didn't he or some senator from Florida. They chartered the plane and got the Florida citizens out. But, you know, if they yeah, that could do Santa. that, then the federal government could do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But look who's in control of the federal government. We yeah. have brain-dead Biden. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if anyone else saw the news conference today with the uh, – I don't know if anyone saw the news conference today with President Obrador and Joe Biden yeah. and freaking Blinken there. What a, what a humiliation that was. Uh, oh, yeah. Bragging about how um, the United States is helping the Mex- Mexican citizens and this and that and welcoming them with open – hello, you're sending us illegal aliens – and you're, he's he's raving about how great America is to take in these illegal aliens. Hello, Mexico doesn't allow anyone to go illegally across the border unless they're coming over here to the United States. Uh, they don't file to get a job or anything like that. You're not a Mexican citizen. Matter of fact, they won't let you become a Mexican citizen either. So you can't get a job. Yeah, I'm sorry. Something's wrong here. And and Biden's oh, yeah. there smiling as crazies are being heaped on his head. And the president of Mexico is basically laughing in our face. That was a complete joke, that news conference. I felt like I wanted to puke. Well, I saw him 
um, tried to give a speech reading off a teleprompter, and he couldn't even pronounce most of the words on there. So he just said he wasn't going to. That's that's terrible. This is supposed to be the 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 world's greatest um, um, nation, and our leader is an embarrassment to us. It's, it's humiliating. I don't. I don't even what think about, the Democrats going on a ticket in twenty twenty four. They're trying to get rid of them. What about them raving about this meeting between Z and and Biden? This dinner that two was it, how much money were they spending a plate to sit there next to the the Chinese premier? Uh, that was absolutely revolting. I've seen I've seen number, but um, you know. A lot of that is just optics, you know, to, to make him look like he's a strong leader and he's dealing really, you know, harsh with these people. And we know he's a, a puffball, you know, when it comes to dealing with foreign leaders and dignitaries. Joe will collapse and cave in. I mean, somebody came over here and said boo to him, you know, the wrong way. <laughs> but, uh I don't know. Oh, what was it? He was going to beat up Corn Pop at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a beat up Corn Pop. Uh, I'm sorry, but but the Chinese people face is everything. The optics are everything. So with Z standing there next to Biden and showing how much more powerful he was than Biden, Z was making a definite statement to the people of China, to the people that are trying to push him out of power. This was a power play, pure and simple. And in order to understand the Chinese and their their idea of politics and what they want to do, this was purely power play for Z to say, I'm still the leader, I'm still in charge, and you're going to go to the beat of my tune. And you got all these companies that want to go and start doing business again in China. Well, hello, less than five years from after you open your doors and start your business in China, the Chinese are going to go and do what they do to every other company there. They're going to take it over. They're going to kick you out. They're going to throw you in jail. And we've had a couple of business people here. One of them actually spent time in jail when the Chinese took over his business. They're going to copy whatever it is you're making, and they're going to sell it back to us through Walmart. I'm sorry. Mm. This, this, this was, this was the mo- one of the most embarrassing weeks I've ever seen for these United States of America. And we well, need to take this country back. I think the mood in this nation is such that um, Biden and his administration could see the writing on the wall. There's no future for this guy um, in D.C. And why they insist on trying to convince others that there is, I think they're going to have to face reality really soon here because the primaries are, what, just two months away maybe? And um, I hear that he's trying to get um, one of the state's primaries to go before New Hampshire, because he did good in that state, but he's he's not doing so well in um, New Hampshire, and um, he doesn't want to start out behind the eight ball. That's how desperate, you know, his administration is and his um, uh, reelection um, campaign. Well, 
the guy, two weeks ago, he was tied. He was tied in numbers with Trump two weeks ago. And as of last night, I think it was the New York Times polling numbers were showing him he's actually fallen two points behind Trump. Now, normally there's a four to five point you know, spread on what give. So you're within a four to five point there. So they're still there. Uh, but I, I, can't, I can't see how people could actually, after seeing what he has done to this nation, still vote for him. And we need a new ballot box revolution. We've got to change this government over. We've got to do it at the ballot box, and we've got to start now. And I've heard you mentioned prior to coming on air uh, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin has announced he's not going to run for re-election for the Senate. So it's a possibility his name can be tossed out there. But if he does throw his name in there, he will be throwing it in most likely as an independent. Uh, that no name, that no no name party or no no name tag party, whatever it is, um, uh, where Robert Kennedy Jr. is running on. If he runs on that ticket, that make a very interesting uh, primary there between Robert Kennedy Jr. and Joe Manchin. And I think in this case, because Robert Kennedy doesn't have any government experience uh, as a governor, as a senator, or anything like that. Uh, Manchin may stand a good chance. We've heard the name Gavin Newsom being thrown out there. Gavin Newsom did say last week that he is not going to put his name in the ring for president. Uh, but if we have a primary going on on the same date as we have the Democratic primary or the Republican primary uh, with an independent runoff between Kennedy and Manchin, that's going to pull a lot of voters from both sides. And the question will be, who does it hurt the worst, Biden or Trump? The interesting question well, here, too. I think it hurt Biden in the primaries. Um, pretty much like I've, Ross I heard, I've heard both sides. Ross Perot well, damaged, um, who was it, um, Bush? Yeah, and Clinton got in. Yeah, Bush Bush Senior. It was, right. it was he he knocked Bush Senior down. Um, yeah. But if you have if you do have a primary going between Robert Kennedy and Manchin on the no name tag uh, ticket, and that will probably pull a lot of voters from also Trump people that are never Trumpers that would say, well, if he is the nominee for the Republican Party, and we have a choice between Kennedy and Biden, well, we'll swallow our pride and vote for Trump. That will pull those people off, uh, and it'll make it harder. Um, It's it's going to be a very, very interesting going in there, and uh, we'll see. We're going to have to see who they're going to throw up there to try to knock Biden down. But in the interim, it will also knock Trump a couple of pegs down, too, on the, in the polling. So these are all things that we have to look at and talk about. Um, I sent Mark Tapscott a message, and he must be busy covering a story or something. He hasn't gotten back to me, unfortunately. So we may have lost him as our guest, and hopefully EJ will be calling in very soon. Um, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to him about, and 
And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, oh, did you catch this? I don't know if you did, Curtis, uh, but John Kennedy, uh, the senator from Louisiana, they had uh, a law professor up for a district judgeship in Oklahoma, and he asked her some very basic questions. Her name is Sarah E. Hill. He asked her to explain the difference between a stay and injunction. Now, this is a woman who is up for a judgeship, all right? And this is something that first-year law student would know, the difference between a stay and a judgeship. And she tries to answer the question, and she says, a stay order would prohibit um, – uh, sorry, an injunction would restrain the parties from taking action. Uh, a stay order, I'm not sure. I can actually, actually can, can give you that, she answered. Well, you know, according <clears throat> to the Legal Information Institution, there is a huge difference between an injunction and a, a stay. Injunction is a court order requiring a person to do or to cease doing a specific action. So an injunction is against an individual, while a stay is an action taken by a court to stop a legal proceedings or the actions of a party in a proceeding. So there's a huge difference. One is against or for an individual, and the other is against or for a court. So if you don't understand that basic principle, how can you become a judge? And you're the one that's going to be presiding over deciding whether or not to have a stay or an injunction if you don't even know which one is for whom. This is, this is really, really, really embarrassing. But Kennedy's done this before. And here, uh, this is some of the responses. Uh, Carrie Severino, uh, who is a lawyer, uh, stays and injunctions come before district judges all the time. This is not a trick question she posted on X. Um, Ibrahim Reyes, uh, who's an attorney, he wrote up on X, she may understand tribal legal issues because she's Native American. He, that's why he said that. Uh, better than most. But not knowing the difference between a stay, the case is pending, cause pending X, and an injunction, a party to the lawsuit is ordered to do or say or not to do or say X is disqualified for a federal judgeship. That very basic thing would disqualify him. Uh, Kennedy once went after someone, uh, Judge Anna D. Alba. She was a sitting district judge nominated by President Biden to the Ninth Circuit, and she did not know what the dormant, clause, dormant commerce clause is. And he said that she was unable to answer any first-year law student that would know that. Uh, the Dormant Commerce Clause, if I remember correctly, is to determine whether or not a state can prohibit certain commercial transactions or, or sales. Um, if, if there's a specific benefit to a party. So if you have, say, for example, another state or another country that is manufacturing widgets, if they all meet the same prerequisites within that state – they can sell within that state. So if she doesn't know what that that is, then how can she? And she's a sitting judge. But the best of them all is when he got Cato Cruz. And 
she was up for a judgeship. And I'm sorry, anyone who watches a cop show knows what this is. It's the Brady motion, which means the prosecution must give to defense all access to all evidence, testimony, or anything related to the defense, to the, to the person that the defense is representing. So the Brady motion is, hey, both sides must have equal access to all the evidence, anything that they're holding. So she didn't even know what the Brady motion was. So how can these people become judges? And yet this is what's being put before the Senate for confirmation. And thank you, John Kennedy, for being there and stepping up to the plate to expose these people for the idiots that they are. Well, all they have to be is Democrats <laughs> and follow the party <laughs> party line, and that, that qualifies Democrats? Democrats. Uh, yeah. Now, have you heard anything about the, um, how would I say it, um, West Virginia and um, Iowa, they, they're leading a state coalition opposing the Trump gag order. And it's quite a few states that are filing, you know, legal complaints about this gag order on Trump. And uh, I think that's that's nice, you know. The states are responding. I, I don't really get that from our um, individual um, lawmakers up there at the Capitol. But there are states out there that are making it known that they – they don't appreciate this gag order and what it represents for the future. You know, they can really intimidate anyone in the future and keep them from expressing what they have, you know, on their mind about about All right, politics. Now, which which gag order are you talking about? Which gag order? Because there's one coming out of D.C. and there's All one of out them. of New York that I'm, I'm – Every single one of And if it's across them. the board – and if it's across the board, every single one of them is good for them. The main thing about these gag orders, they're intended for when you have something being put out in the public and the trial is a jury trial. These trials are not jury trials. These are trials mm-hmm. for a judge. And the judge, by the very being of a judge, is supposed to be impartial. But a jury can be influenced by something leaking to the public. That's the difference. Yeah. That's the and major a 18... difference. So gag orders were intended for jury trials, not a trial before a judge. And this is a 18 state coalition, so it's pretty powerful. I mean, it's not just one or two or three or four, 18 states. I have no doubt that all 18 states are conservatively um, run states, but um, that's that's good to hear that we we are united. In some areas, at least. <laughs> yeah. We now, also throwing to that, being, you know, united. Uh, but last month, the ACLU joined in in an amicus brief, I believe it was, that they filed in supporting That's Trump's true. stance on the gag orders. So if you get the ACLU backing Trump, have joined in. Well, yep. then there's got to be a big problem with these gag orders. <laughs> But it leaves open a wide path for appeals on every single one of these cases. And I don't know if anyone saw uh, that pant load Chris Christie was up on Eric Bowling's show last night. 
And oh my goodness, did the fireworks go? And these two guys are friends. And Bolin was asking some questions uh, against uh, why Chris Christie was, his whole campaign was attacking Trump, attacking Trump, attacking Trump. And Chris Christie said, well, he's going to be convicted. He's going to be a convicted felon. Hello? He's going to be a convicted felon? And he knows this how? I'm sorry. Chris Christie has lost his friggin' mind. And he's at the bottom of the polls, and he still insists on not dropping out of his campaign. He's going nowhere. And I can't... I, I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Christie, go back to the beach. <laughs> go back, sit on the beach. Do a Joe Biden number. Just go sit underneath the umbrella on the beach. Uh, but then again, he looks like a beach whale anyway, so he fits there perfectly. I'm sorry. I, oh, I'm, I'm being nasty today. <laughs> My claws are out. Yeah. My claws are out. Hey, Jesus. But here we also have several of these groups going after Trump trying to kick him off the ballot using the 14th oh, yeah. Amendment. And um, there was an excellent, excellent article. That's an article by our friend Hans von Spakovsky. And what did I do with it? There's something else I wanted to ask Mark about. Um, What did I do with that article? Well, Hans von Spakovsky broke down exactly why that's not going to work. Number one, he has not been convicted of insurrection. He has not been charged for insurrection. So how are you going to justify having him removed from the ballot? And I must have left the article in the other room. Uh, I must have. I apologize, but it's an excellent article up in the the Daily Caller on Heritage Foundation. So if you go to heritage.org, Google Hans von Spakovsky and read his article dealing with why Trump you can't remove Trump like the way they're trying to from the ballot. Uh, using that 14th Amendment, it was never intended for the purpose in which they're using it for. It's never intended to be a political tool, which is what it is now. They're using it as a political tool because he is Trump, he is a Republican, and they want to knock down the strongest Republican not candidate from the Republican ticket so that they can win back the White House either through Biden, Joe Manchin, Robert Kennedy. They'll take anyone but Trump. And this is Trump derangement syndrome on steroids. You know, people ask me often, um, which candidate, you know, should you vote for on the Republican side? And I always tell them, you should vote for the person that the left fears the most. That's who you support, because there's a reason why they fear him. So I just let it go at that, you know, and let people, you know, marinate that thought. Because if you stop and think about it, he is a threat to them. And that's a good thing for us patriots, because they have done so much to this country to turn it upside down. We need a fighter that'll go toe-to-toe with these these folks up there and, and truly drain the swamp. I think the first time he was in, you know, D.C. for the first four years, he had to rely on others on who to select as directors and and things like that because he didn't really know them personally. 
but since he since he's um, been there for four years, he know how they 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 operate. So it'll, it'll be different this time around, and he won't be so trusting. I don't believe. So yes, well, they have the her- something to fear again, in Trump. Well, the Heritage Foundation has been working with a couple of other groups in selecting people for the next positions uh, when Trump does get reelected. Or even if it is another Republican uh, other than Trump, they have a slate of great candidates, strong conservative valued candidates to put into various positions. So we don't end up with another Fauci. We don't end up with another Ray. We don't end up with another Mayorkas. So they, they've got they've got a whole team <laughs> lined up waiting. They're at, or they're Chief at Justice that. They're Roberts. At that. <laughs> Chief Justice Roberts. <laughs> well, I still want to know what it is that the Obama administration had gotten on him to bribe him into some of these rulings. Hmm. I told you. Oh, shame on me. I just slandered him. <laughs> there were some um, rumors that he might swing a certain way, you know, and he didn't want that to get out. But I know what you're saying because um, they had a list for Trump when it came to federal judges. You know, they they had raided a bunch of judges, so I could see how they would do that for um, department heads and and even candidates for the you know high, highest office in our land if Trump doesn't get it. Well, those that are listening can still find us up on Facebook and YouTube. We're there live right now, uh, as well as on our homepage, which is the name of the show. The new website, which is up and running, is the name of the show, Southern Sense, as in common sense, dot net, N-E-T. It's no longer dot com. Uh, we will, in mid-December, be able to come back with the southern hyphen sense dot com. Uh, there was a little mix-up when we were starting the new page, and we have to wait for it to be released uh, in mid-December, and then you can hit either one and come straight to the same page. Same great stuff. And you can actually watch us or listen to us on our homepage if you don't have access to Facebook or YouTube or Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening on any of the other stations that we have out there, such as SHR Media, iHeart, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, um, Amazon Music, uh, and I go, oh, good Lord, I don't even know where I am half the time anymore. Uh, <laughs> you can also just key in the name of the show, just do a Google search, Southern Sense, and we'll pop right up anywhere that your heart desires to uh, to uh, uh, watch us. Um, we're waiting for our guest EJ to call in. I just sent a reminder over to his gal to make sure he does dial in. He should be dialing in very shortly. Uh, oh, she wants us to call him. All right, Curtis, if you will take over for a few moments while I try to dial him in, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get us going here, okay? So, Curtis, we'll oh, be yeah. Go ahead. All right. There's, uh, I think it's either tonight or tomorrow night. Um, I think it's a history channel. They're going to have a series. I don't know if it's like one or two, two episodes on the life of JFK. And I'm interested in seeing how they portray um, our slain president. Um, most most people know that today um, the politics of um, John F. Kennedy was would be today more in line with conservative values 
or at least at the least moderate conservative. So I, I've been always interested in this guy and, of course, this assassination who was behind it. But tune in if you can. I think we have our guests coming in here soon. Um, other than that, um, I would say that um, I'm looking forward to Trump going up against um, whoever the Democrats put up against him. I I can see that he's going to be the nominee. I mean, nobody's even close, any of his challengers. I mean, he's some, in some polls 48% um, percent, um, higher in the polls than the, the nearest, um, you know, adversary. Um, and some polls I hear this has slipped to um, the fifth position. I mean, even Chris Christie in one of the primary states is at 11%, 11%. And um, DeSantis is at, I think, six or seven. And, of course, Nikki Haley seems to be rising um, to some degree, but still no threat to to Trump. And in these states, these northern states, a lot of times they have um, primaries where the Democrats can vote in. Um, I don't know if many of you guys remember Rush talking about um, Operation Chaos, but it was a way to um, get our people to vote <laughs> and influence the Democrat pick since they've been doing it for years. And most believe it's because of this system that um, Chris Christie is at 11%. But, I mean, even if he did win um, one of the primary states or Nikki Haley, I still don't see them as being a threat to um, Donald Trump, who, I mean, this guy, the lead he has is almost insurmountable at this point in time. But, um... Right, well... Well, I'm back now, uh, Curtis. Uh, No, unfortunately, he said that he was double put. He had someone else on his calendar. So I just sent his gal a little message to let her know. So uh, we're back in a thousand today. (laughs) Wow. But we're never, never at a loss uh, for things to talk about. Um, You were talking about Chris Christie and a lot of the fat, like I call him the fat pant load. I mean, he's even an embarrassment to our Republican party. Uh, rhino in name only, and uh, I don't think he can run for dog catcher after this. <laughs> no, but I was just saying that in some of those um, northern states in the early primaries there, Democrats and and, and um, conservatives can vote across party lines. And I was talking about how Rush Limbaugh used to have this thing called Operation Chaos, where we, our side, would vote and determine who their their um, people would be, their candidates, and um, because they've been doing it for years to our side. So that is one reason why in some of the polls, Chris Christie seemed to have risen. But that's just a, a local thing. It's not a national trend in no way. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a lot of, especially southern states, he would not poll very well in. Um, no, he, no way. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to EJ about, and we're we're seeing some numbers. And I don't know if the listeners know, but I do a second podcast on Wednesdays. I'm with 
Vicki Tompkins, uh, Moms Across America. And, um, and we were talking about the economy. And some of the things are starting to look like the economy, economy is turning upwards. But in reality, it's not. Um, I'm just going to spend a quick – I have to pardon me. Um, I'm just – I'm fudging. <laughs> Telling her I'm fudging it because she was looking to see if she can get someone really uh, – if someone else to call in really fast. But that's all right. Let her know. Uh, but the economy really, in truth, is not doing as well as people think. You're going to see gas prices start to go down now. That is a false balloon. It's a fake, fake, fake balloon going up there because what people don't realize is that our uh, reserves, the Federal Reserves that, uh, of oil and gas, Biden has sold off almost half of it, over 40 percent he has already sold off. So we are down more than 40 percent in our gas. Reserves, yeah. Yeah, which brings our level down to maybe 52 days, I believe they estimated at. If we end up in a war with China, with Russia, with Iran, with Hezbollah, with Hamas, if we get attacks here, even terrorist attacks within the United States, that's not going to last very long. That's not going to last very long at all. And with this continued push for electric vehicles, and you see some of these now trucking companies going to electric vehicles, they don't have the distance that a regular truck does, that a gas or diesel-powered vehicle has. Uh, And what do you do when you need to end up having all these trucking companies power up their vehicles to bring the stuff to the grocery store? We don't have the electrical grid. We're going to see some food prices they're not really truly going down. We are paying, I believe the numbers are something like 20, between 21 to $25 more for our Thanksgiving dinner than we paid in 2020. Think about that. In three short years, just your Thanksgiving dinner is costing you about $25 more. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy in a short period of time. Now, back in 2020, you were paying below $2 a gallon for gas, but everyone's happy to see gas prices falling down below $3. Well, heck, you're still a whole dollar paying more. And now the the family, cost of a family, just to meet their basic needs, is over $7,000 a year more than it was in 2020. And just a year and a half ago, or even in 2021, it was about $4,500. So it has almost doubled. Think about that. So the economy going great. They're going to tell you Bidenomics is working. (laughs) The economy is not going great, and we're in trouble. Yeah. A box of cereal was five dollars and twelve cents the other day I looked at um one of the more healthier cereal, cold cereals. And I left it on the shelf because normally I buy two boxes, um so when I, I need you know, to get out the house early in the morning and I don't have time to cook and I don't want to stop at a fast food place, I'll just get some kind of grain type cereal. 
but I left it. I left it on the shelf because um, two boxes would cost me over ten bucks, and just to get two items that's going to cost me over ten bucks is was ludicrous. So, and he he wants to run on his his economy. Is he crazy? No, uh, we we are seeing our American public, the American people, they're depleting their savings accounts just to make ends meet. They are running up their credit card debt just to make ends meet. And the higher the debt goes, the less they have of disposable income. We're not seeing people investing. And if fewer people are investing, that's going to be a negative future growth. So, no, the economy is not doing well. But if you turn on the communist news network, CNN, or the misguided news network, MSNBC, or you turn on any of them, and that's not what they're counting. Oh, how wonderful. Gasoline prices are dropping. The economy is turning around. Inflation is coming to a standstill. The recession is going to be over soon. No more inflation. Oh, whoopee-doo. Oh, yeah. That's not what we're seeing here. That is not. Plus, Janet Yellen is putting us further and further into debt by using government funds. Here it is. This is the other article I was looking at. Um, Right now, the Treasury is now on track to borrow almost as much in six months as it did in the previous 12 months, nearly doubling the deficit. So the federal deficit... Uh, is $33.7 trillion. That's just a 1% increase in yield. It's $337 billion to the annual cost of servicing the debt over time. So she's digging us even deeper, our federal government, deeper into debt. And who's going to pay that debt? You and I, our grandchildren, our grandchildren's children. That's if the United States does not default on the debt. And we have never defaulted on a debt. Third world countries do that. We don't do that. But this is the economy that the Biden administration has given us. These policies, this runaway spending that we've been dealing with, not just under just this administration, but in all of the previous administrations. When was the last time we had a balanced budget? Oh, what is a balanced budget, huh? When was the last time we had a surplus? In the federal government and not a deficit. Not in my <laughs> lifetime. Not in yeah, your whatever lifetime. Happened to, whatever happened to Graham Rudman, the lockbox. <laughs> there was never any money in that um, lockbox for Social Security. And they knew it. But they put it out there, Graham right. Rudman. The, the federal budget is a Ponzi scheme on steroids. The same it thing is. goes with Social Security, a Ponzi scheme. They told you and me that, hey, listen, you're too stupid to take your money and invest it wisely so you have it when you grow old. You're too dumb to do that on your own. So, therefore, we're going to confiscate some of your wages every single week. We're still going to confiscate your wages. It doesn't matter how you get paid. We're taking some of it. We're putting it into this alleged lockbox. And then when you reach your ripe old age of, say, 65, at one point, it was like 62, 65 now. We're going to turn around and give you your money back. Oh, but by the way, the government's going to get interest off your money. Uh, you're not going to. You're just going to get back the dollars that 
you took out. Oh, but by the way, if you never even worked before, we'll still give you Social Security. The first person who ever got a Social Security check was a woman who never worked. She never paid into (laughs) it, and she got Social Security. She was the first person to ever receive it. That's true. That's still going on. So it's a Ponzi scheme. They're taking money from the people working today to pay those of us who have retired and are now getting Social Security. And that's how Social Security works. Annie, I think it was during the Obama administration, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Obama had the wording on the um, Social Security checks or disability checks or whatever title meant as though the government is granting us this big favor and giving us money that really is our money. Do you remember anything like that? The wording being changed changed on the checks or whatever to entitlement? There there was legal wording. um, And in the Social Security um, uh, legislation, I believe, they used the word entitlement. Um, Grammatically correct, but as we understand the word today, we think of entitlement as in a handout. Uh, But if you use the actual legal definition, that yes, you are entitled to this money because it is yours. So technically, yeah, uh, but as we understand the word and we use it today, as, as we see our English language change over time, the meaning of the word entitlement has changed over time from what it was originally intended to be to what it is today. And that's the difference. It was a head game hmm. to do it, too. It was a head game. So, well, you know, anyway, you got people um, that believe the money that they get is the, at, at the good graces of the government. They never think that is their money, at least the people putting it in. Of course, the people are never put in. It is a gift to them. Uh, see, that's the difference between Social Security um, retirement and Social Security uh, supplemental income. Social Security supplemental income, uh, which is where you have someone who's never paid into the system, but because of one qualifying benefit or the other, they get a supplemental income to augment their inability to earn an income, whether they are uh, disabled at a certain age or they were born disabled. for they have to meet certain requirements, but now that system has been abused to so just about anyone, especially an illegal immigrant, illegal alien, I should say, to be more precise, can get it. Um, the same thing with Medicaid it was meant for people that were unable to get insurance, whether through a job or disability, or whatever. Um, Medicaid then became a free government health insurance plan, whereas Medicare, what you and I pay into and then utilize for our, our care is something that we are paying an insurance policy, Medicare. So they take money out of our Social Security benefit to pay for a Medicare benefit. Marvelous, isn't it? They take their own money, our own money back to make it pay for something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. We're just like to say, Yes. 
Yes. Now, I, I feel bad for our friend over at Heritage Foundation because of um, EJ being double booked. Uh, so she was going to get us someone last second, but I told her not to worry. We still had lots to talk about. Uh, we're down to our last few minutes. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving. We will not have a live show on next week. <clears throat> so I want everyone to enjoy the Thanksgiving dinner. Most of you will be traveling to visit friends and family, so travel safely. But also, please be careful out there. Um, San Francisco already had the Golden Gate Bridge blockaded by these protesters. Uh, there were additional arrests made over there in San Francisco at that protest. Uh, they will be erupting. And please be aware, be on the lookout, and please stay safe. We don't know where or when these nut jobs are going to show up, but if, if you see something going on, get yourself out of the area as fast and as safely as you can. And don't be confrontational because all you'll do is just encourage them to more violence. Uh, just get yourself as far away as possible. That's the smartest thing I can tell you. Uh, but also be aware of your surroundings at all times. Walk with your head on a swivel. Don't walk with your head buried in your smart device. If you're traveling with children, make sure that you know where they are every instant. Don't let them wander off on you. Because like I said, there are rallies that are going to be going on all weekend. It's a holiday weekend, and I'm sure they're going to utilize that to their advantage. So please be careful. And, please be safe out there, folks. And not only that, um, these terrorists over in the Middle East have made it clear that they're coming after us. So that's another threat we have to be concerned about. You know, we all know about the open borders um, on our southern front, and these guys have been coming in. So, I mean, it's, it's likely that they have sleepers here just waiting for, you know, the order to to go out and take us out. So we've got to be careful. Now, I've said Especially this many times crowds. before on the show. I've said this many times on the show before, and I don't remember which periodical it was in, uh, Newsweek or it's Times or one of those magazines. And this was in either 1998, 99, mm-hmm. somewhere around that area. The cover of the magazine spoke had OTM. OTM standing other than Mexican, and they were talking about the poorest southern border back then. And when they were describing what they saw in the deserts of the illegal aliens, what they left behind, they included Paran and prayer shawls. So they were speaking over our border for more than three decades. So, yes, you can bet there are sleeper cells here within the United States. And we're not dealing with just the drug cartels. We're not dealing. We are now dealing with enemies of the United States within our borders. They're here, and that's why I'm saying, please, folks, be careful this holiday weekend. Someone will use something to their advantage, and I fear, I fear what the outcome may be. I may sound like I'm a fear monger. Or conspiracy theorist, I'm not. I'm just asking you from a law enforcement officer's point of view, a retired law enforcement, please be safe. If anything were to happen, this would be the weekend they would choose to have it happen. Because the holiday is quintessentially special to these United States, to our founding principles. If it wasn't for the Mayflower Compact, 
our founding fathers would have not known that this experiment they built upon, that compact, would work. Very principles of all men being created equal meant that the indentured servant had as much voice in in the government of those pilgrims as the master. Everyone had an equal voice. The idea of property, of self-preservation, of freedom of speech were all part of that. And even going back to English common law that was codified by um, King Harold. In that, it recognized our Second Amendment back then that you had the right of self-defense to own arms and to protect your property and person. These things were English ideas, came to the United States, and that Thanksgiving is, again, a quintessential holiday. And built upon that, we had our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And that is why that holiday, not just for the pilgrims coming to the United States, but the foundation, the build of what is today our United States of America, that we should be thankful for. And this is what we need to fight for, and we fight for it at the ballot box. We fight for it with our voices, with the power of the pen, with the power of the purse. It's worth fighting for, folks. And that's what Curtis and I are doing here every week. And we thank yeah. you for listening to us. And thank you for and taking I would like your to time add, to be with us. I would like to add, if, you, if you're going to attend a parade, think of the Boston bombing. Um, if you see something out there that's like a suitcase or a pressure cooker next to you or near you, report it and get away from it. I mean, these guys. Any unusual they, object. Right. There you go. Report it. That's all I got to say about that. Do something, say something. I'm wishing everyone out there to have a safe, happy, and blessed Christmas. Christmas, I mean, uh, Thanksgiving. Boy, am I pushing the holidays ahead of time. I also want to give a special shout-out to our friend Sweet Sue for listening in and sharing her uh, views with us at the start of the show. We miss her. (laughs) We love her and miss her and hope that she feels better soon. Um, Oh, yeah. And for everyone else out there, please be safe, be happy, be healthy. And we'll leave you with a song from our friend, Gary Pecorella, Save America. So, Curtis, this is all we have. And, again, no live show next week. Uh, We will be back after the Thanksgiving holiday. So, again, good night and God bless. Okay, until then. Take care. I'm praying for this land I love America America The home of the free But there are people making plans To change America They've no respect for her What matters most to me That's why I stand for the flag And I kneel at the cross Long for the friends I have loved and lost And I still believe in God we trust And the freedom I fought for these grand I hope it's not 